Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome back, everybody, to the return of Caravan of Garbage. Yes, we're well rested. Yes, we are. Yes, we are well rested. We're well rested, James. <laughs> Shut You're up, gonna Mason. You're going to leave all that in. Shut up, Mason. <laughs> we're not too exhausted, man. Recording this before we go on vacation. No, Mason, because we're here and we're very excited both to be back mm-hmm. and also to be talking about the Hobbit trilogy. Three movies, Mason. Somehow. Oh my God. Now, leading up to these movies, obviously, both of us were huge fans of Lord of the Rings, the movies. And both of us have read some of the books, maybe. There, there's some bold statements to make. Look, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the the cinematic releases of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Agreed. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen the extended versions. Honestly, they're wonderful and delightful. In what way? They're longer, but Great. they're also wonderful and delightful. Then I'm going to be loving this version of the Hobbit, aren't I? Because it's way longer. No, so so I've I've seen the the Lord of the Rings movies. Yep. And uh, but I've never gotten through. The Lord of the Rings books. I, I give it a, a crack every couple of years, and, I'm, and and it gets to the singing, and I have to tap out, which is about three pages in, honestly. <laughs> but uh, but I have read The Hobbit in its entirety because right. it is way shorter and uh, and and a breezier read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never prior to this, I'd not seen the Hobbit movies. I'd only seen the third one for some reason. Yeah, so that's I'm, right. So I'm diving in headfirst into this movie from 2013, 2012. This 2012, one, okay, uh, right. but long delayed, of course. Also, if people could leave a like. That would be fantastic. And i got to say, Mason, leading up to these movies, I wasn't really feeling the hype. The gap had been kind of too long. And I'm like, I don't know, I've seen prequels before. <laughs> and sure. just, I, I don't know whether this can be anything. Oh, Peter Jackson's back. Okay, I guess mm. that's... But he's I don't he's even... reluctantly back, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's back on this series that nearly killed him, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So why don't we talk a bit about the lead up to this? So Guillermo del Toro, he spent three years of pre-production on this, but delays and legal disputes between New Line and Peter Jackson and the Tolkien estate and MGM entered bankruptcy as they often do. Oh, sure, that's that's their defining characteristic. A new line was like, can we turn this into a Nightmare on Elm Street movie somehow? Yeah, that's our bread and butter, really. (laughs) So we're just a bunch of grubby little (laughs) goblins, basically here at New Line. (laughs) So I do want to talk about. uh, We'll eat you. <laughs> That's right. We'll put you on a spit and we'll eat you. So I do want to talk about uh, Guillermo del Toro's version of this, the, okay. two, mm. the two movies that he was going to make. But I might save that for the third Two movies, video. Week. Yeah, I know, right? But I might save that for the third video of this. So we'll circle back around. So this is how it started, right? Peter Jackson wanted the rights to The Hobbit initially, so that would be the first movie he ever made from this universe, right? Oh, so could, this is years ago. This was years ago. Okay, this is right. in like the mid nineties. Okay. So he because I was going to say if he'd done it after the Lord of Rings, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, mate, you've played yourself. <laughs> it's too late. You already made three massive blockbusters. <laughs> exactly. So this is before that. This is before that. This yeah. is after. This is after that movie where he blows up a, like a cow or a goat or something with a rocket launcher. What movie is that? Bad, bad taste. taste. Bad I taste. Say. 
Or the sheep one, the murderous sheep one. Did he direct the murderous sheep one? I don't know. (laughs) These are such vague memories, James. Yeah, yeah. So, and also he was happy to write on these movies. He was happy to produce. He was happy for them to be set in the same universe. He was happy to attach some dynamite to a goat or a sheep or something and just (laughs) blow it up in a field. That's right. But he also didn't want to compete with his previous films, right? But after Guillermo del Toro left because of multiple production delays and all of that, he kind of realised that it was too late to hire somebody competent enough to do this so he reluctantly stepped back in but he did so without doing any of the things he'd previously done before they shot on lord of the rings there was three and a half years of preparation sure they did not shoot anything it was just figuring out the storyboards the animatics the previews none of that was done here they just kind of blocked out some scenes and went okay if you stand here and i'll stand here and then (laughs) you know guys i don't have time to read the book honestly so just improv just just (laughs) Say some medieval stuff, I I reckon, and that should be good, right? Yeah. And also, he completely restructured the story to make it his own version of this. The the original structure of this, completely different. And his idea also was to keep it as two movies initially, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened, he did, and the crew, a 254-day consecutive shoot... Right? Sure. And this also came right off the back of him doing Tintin. He got like a stomach ulcer. He was out for a lot of it. He was basically trying to play catch up the entire time. The the way that they described it, the people behind it was, they were basically laying tracks in front of them as the train was going. Right? But that ends well usually, right? No, Mason. You get to the station. You lay your last track down and then you're in the station. No, you get to the station and there's no station because you've just got off into the woods. Oh, no. Yeah. Anyways, I guess that also explains why this movie and these movies look like shit. (laughs) And I think also a lot of that has to do with... That's a fun lead-in. I like that. I like the pre-production thing and then you just took a real big swipe at him. Well, the thing is, right... You beat me to it, honestly. (laughs) Because it was filmed in 48 frames per second because apparently the human eye perceives things in 60 frames per second. So they thought the closer we get to that, the better. So they filmed it 48 frames per second in 5K in 3D. And as a result of that, <laughs> this is just a hideous set of films that mm. look fake the entire way through. And I think it's because there's this weird bloom and sheen over the top of everything. Everybody moves in a weird way, especially when you watch it as it was originally intended. And I think the reason there is that bloom and it's been brightened so much is because you'd be wearing 3D glasses watching this. So it needs to be kind of elevated. Do you think perhaps the mistake was only limiting themselves to 3D? You think 4D could have done it? Some rumble seats or something? Smell a vision? <laughs> Maybe. Smell Maybe. that blackberry wine? Mm, yum, yum. Mm, I wouldn't mind smelling some bloody blackberry wine. I'm not tell you mm. that, that much. But the thing is as well, in, in preparation for that, to be fair, they got the original concept artists back and they actually, they actually put on those red and blue glasses and drew 3D concept art to get a sense of this. And I'm like, that's a waste of time. They those, do, people they... are, those people have gone insane now. <laughs> They're like, you remember, you've heard of that experiment where, where these people put on glasses that made them see upside down yeah. and eventually their real vision flipped <laughs> and they just started seeing upside down already. These people are seeing 3D. They're seeing double 3D. They're seeing... Because real life is 3D. 6D. <laughs> but the problem is also when you film it with this higher depth. You can see the makeup. You can see the wig line. You can see Mm. individual strands of hair. You know, you can see when a tree doesn't look right, whether a rock is fake or a creature is CGI. All of those things kind of go away when you pare it down a bit. There's a reason movies, they're not... They're not supposed to look like this. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I think, you know, that that is, you know, there, there's a, we're leaning towards like that that digital, super high def digital trend 
where you uh, you know you you watch a scene and it's a bunch of characters in a room and it kind of feels like you are literally in the scene and it doesn't feel good at all. I want to be feels there. Super uncomfortable. It feels unsafe. Yeah, especially if they're having an argument. You're like, should I step in? Should I say something here? <laughs> Should I tell Iron Man to come down? This has all just been a misunderstanding, this. <laughs> but uh, is the solution then uh, to watch it on a really low-res thing, like your phone? Yes, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, but th- that being said, uh, one thing that I did like about this, uh, all the all the deadbeat dwarves love their all their little outfits and I loved all their little... Uh, they've, they've got all fun little different yep. types of hair and facial hair, which I loved. But I hate them, to be clear. I hate them. I think... <laughs> <laughs> From the first scene that they arrive in, just Gandalf and his deadbeat mates just showing up at, at, at uh, Frodo's Bilbo's house. Frodo's house. They, they, Bilbo's both, house. they both own that house. They eventually. both own that house. So Bilbo's <laughs> house. Just, just get, get out of here. Yeah. I want to call the cops on them. And it's crazy that they're like, "We did the dishes. You ate all the food. Yeah. You ate like his entire pantry, his whole larder, Mason. Mm, a whole he's larder. He's gone. All his blackberry wine. Scratched a bloody thing into his door. Yeah. No good. I think also Martin Freeman is a wonderful choice. Even if it does break with the Lord of the Rings continuity because there is a flashback in the original Lord of the Rings where we see Ian Holm collect the ring. Oh, it's a young Ian Holm. Yeah, and Ian Holm, as we see in this, he's not the Ian Holm that he was. There's even a scene in the original Lord of the Rings where he's played by Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) It's insane. Hey, (laughs) Hickory and Dick, no. Yeah, and, and Gandalf says to him, he's like, you have an age today. And it's like, well, no, because he looked like Martin Freeman and mm. now he looks like Ian Holm. He looks good for a man in his 80s, don't get me wrong. But I'm okay with the recast because, again, Martin Freeman is terrific. I think Ian McCallan is great. But I think, as you mentioned with the dwarves, there's too many and they don't really distinguish them enough because they're all bearded dwarf men with heavy prosthetics and, and coats on. And as the movies go on, we forget about eight of them. Yeah, yes, they just kind job. of blend into the background. Do they die? Who knows? Some do. Mm. Here's a question, though. Go on. The story of this, mm-hmm. they're like, we have to get the Arkenstone, which is basically like the Ring of Power. Oh, is that the plot of this? That's the plot of this, Mason. Huh. And, you know... I was just swept away by the majesty of it. <laughs> yes. By the end, I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> you should get that, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, because it's the thing they find. It's in the, it's in the mountain. It's a, it's a big gem or whatever. I have seen this, to be clear. No, I don't. <laughs> On your phone, you don't know, really. <laughs> no, I don't. But, but they chipped through. The, they were mining the the yeah. They were mining the mine. The thing and they found whatever, the, the yeah. heart of the heart of the mountain. Okay, right. But I think also this movie leans too heavily into the Lord of the Ringsiness mm. of this universe, where it they need to really pare it down because it tries to be like this is a big deal. Gandalf's meeting Gladriel, and he's like, "Well, uh, we have to stop the dragon because what if Sauron gets a dragon?" And it's like, who gives a shit? He's got like. Giant elephants and trolls, and he's got those dragon-esque creatures that mm. are flying around. You know those big, like, snake bird things? Yeah, yeah. If he had another dragon, that would be like giving the U.S. military a fighter jet that can shoot fire. Sure. It's like, who cares? It's uh-huh. an additional thing. Mm. He's got enough. It's That's not right. that big a deal. It, it goes too big, and there's too much guff in this. Right. Too much noise and wasted space. For example, the bird shit eared wizard who's barely in this book. Oh, Radagast the Brown. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that goop on his face the whole time. <laughs> it's, Very distracting. It's bird shit, Mason. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it's better than some alternatives, but... Some, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, he's on his little rabbit sleigh and there was a point in this where I'm like, I need to read this book mm-hmm. because I remember the moment where Gandalf shows up at the trolls when they're going to eat everybody. And that's a fun little moment. 
and he's doing a bit of like, he's throwing his voice and he's making them argue against each other. Uh-huh. And then as a result, they don't realise the sun's coming up and he tricks them into freezing in a very argumentative position. And we see that in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they come right. across them, right? Whereas this, he turns up and he goes, bam, I broke this rock. And mm. then they freeze into like an argumentative pose. Sure, that's right. And I think they also... Gandalf does a lot of just showing up after all the action has already taken place. Yeah. After the dwarves and, and Bilbo slash Frodo have gotten in the, uh, a, a spot of bother <laughs> yeah. and they've nearly worked it out, then he showed. Do you think he's just hiding behind like a, like a, a well, rock that, or something? That, that ties into the story as well because as a result of that, I'm like, I'm going to read this. Mm. So look, when we come back to the next episode... Oh, you haven't read it yet. I will have read it. Terrific. I've... Oh, you didn't have time during our time off to read it? <laughs> no, Mason. Mm, I was too busy reading mm. books that I like. Wow. Also, the if you, if you get any copy of The Hobbit, yeah. on the cover, it's just maybe a little little slice of life in, in Hobbit, and maybe a little you yeah. know a little a little house built into a you know a built into a hillside, you know maybe a little little fire going or a little lantern going or something like that. It's not dragons and trolls and just no. there's 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 too much to this movie. I think it's supposed to be a fun little adventure. Exactly. It's basically you know it's a it's a kids book and. Just to quickly get back to Gandalf, he's throwing pine cones that are grenades. One moment he zaps a boulder off a roof. And again, in the original Lord of the Rings, he does magic, but it's more kind of vague. You know what I mean? It's mm. like when he comes over the hill to like uh, the two towers or whatever, it also coincides with the light coming over the mountain. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, is this magic? How is he doing this kind of thing? Is it just very well timed? I'm loving this guy. I'm loving what he's about. Well, let me tell you this, James. I would rather it be very well defined. <laughs> I would rather we see his Dungeons and Dragons stat sheet on screen every time he uses it, and we see the spell slots like yeah, like he selects all his spells as he does them. Maybe he takes a potion out of his bag. Yeah, and we see the dice rolls happen, etc. I want to know his level. Andrew dice rolls. Yes, exactly. I want to see. I want to see all his. Uh, I want to see all his equipment. I want to see all his uh, various various uh, stat numbers. I don't want any vagueness whatsoever. James, look, if this movie were a smaller event. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't care. But I think the fact that they have to face off against all these monsters and creatures and and invading armies and and, and trolls and orcs and all this sort of stuff, tell us exactly what your powers are. Why is... (laughs) Sometimes he gets in there, sometimes he doesn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. I hate it. Remember we fought that Balrog in... Yeah, that was was sick. That was sick. He was going off chops, mate. Right? Why didn't he do it in in this? He didn't want to. Mm. But sometimes he does want to. Maybe he hadn't rested and his spell slots hadn't regenerated. Exactly, yeah. He needs to build a fire and recoup his energies. Mm -hmm. Maybe collect some coin. Anyways, here's something I love. I love Hobbiton. Now, in the first movie, they rented this land from a local New Zealand farmer. Okay. They built temporary... Sam ha- Neil. Yeah, Sam Neil. They built temporary housing structures upon it with the condition being that uh, when we go, this will be restored back to the way it was. With dynamite. Yeah, exactly. But that person who owns that land... Peter Jackson style will dynamite this. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> We're going to dynamite all of your creatures and all this land. So it went back to the way it was. But though the person who owns that land was running tours, right? Mm. So in between movies. So this time around, the decision was to build this permanently into the land. So they rebuilt Hobbiton and it's still there. You can visit it. And it's incredible. It's really amazing. There's, there's like real stone structures and bridges and roofs and wooden doors. Can I take something out of the larder? No, Mason. The, the dwarves took all the stuff out of the larder. Then you we'll can blame look, them. Well, if this guy's got a free tourist attraction on his <laughs> land, the least he could do is refill the larder and I can take a big wheel of cheese on my way out the door. All right? Yeah, you're not wrong, yeah. 
The other thing which I think is really missing from this is the way that uh, they didn't break Ian McKellen like they did on these set of movies. Oh, sure. So I don't know if you've seen the behind-the-scenes imagery of the original movie, but a lot of the times when he's interacting with hobbits or you know dwarves or anybody who's of a different stature, they use a forced perspective trick. Sure, funny right? little building that's shaped in a weird way. Yeah, a exactly. real MC Escher-style building. Like the table will be you know positioned a certain way, and then also... It- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You've probably heard this, or maybe you've even experienced it. A business gets to a certain size, and then the cracks start to emerge. Things that used to take like a day, and now taking a week. There's too many manual processes just grinding away, and you don't have that one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and a whole lot more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 1. Because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. NetSuite allows you to have the power of all the information in one place to help you make more effective decisions as quickly as possible so you can keep moving, keep building, keep growing, or have more time off, whatever it is that you're looking to do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. That's netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash weeklyplanet. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you got two choices. Oh, this piece of mother Or... Sales. I definitely prefer... Don't you? Because that's a sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that's supercharging your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. For example, Ruggable, Nix, Magnolia, Cotton, and so many more. Now you're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. The Shopify app store has the migration apps that you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every e-commerce platform to Shopify. And maybe you're one of those people who are like, hey, don't put me in a box. 
I don't want to be in this box, either metaphorically or for real. Thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, you can control your brand and business from your storefront look to your back office operations. You know what's really annoying? When you're checking out from an online store and you have to put in all your payment details and all sorts of numbers and letters and whatnot. Well, with the Shopify store, they actually remember my shipping address or your shipping address if you were using yours, plus the payment information. So say if I'm on the couch and my wallet is in the kitchen, I didn't even have to get up which is my favorite thing. Stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Shopify.com slash weeklyplanet. Cha-ching sound effects. Have you ever been in a situation where you need to search something on the internet, but it's kind of embarrassing and you don't want people to ever find out what you're searching for? It might be like a medical thing or a personal thing or whatever. I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're up to. And you might be thinking to yourself, look, I can just go into incognito mode. But let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why. Even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on because it runs seamlessly in the background and it's so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is also available on all your devices. We're talking phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet. Expressvpn.com slash weeklyplanet to learn more. Even when the camera is moving, the sets will move so you don't lose that perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You can't do that when you're shooting 3D because you're shooting on two cameras. So that forced perspective trick does not work in 3D. Oh, no. So they had to shoot him entirely separately on a green screen, and it just broke his brain. Interesting. There's moments where he's just like got his head in his hands, and he's like, "I can't. <laughs> I don't, I'm an I'm a real actor, and you're yeah. killing me. You are literally killing me. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I wish he's I was, still good. I he's wish I was great. being Magneto right now. Yeah. Here's something I also like though. I like Thor and Oakenshield's sick name and origin. Mm, same. Know? Yeah. He's just he's like he's he's out there. He picks up that thing and he's like, I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna take this guy's arm off this big orc and whatever. Mm. And there's a moment where they're like, this orc is dead. This orc is gone. I'm like, he's not gone. That guy. Come and, on. And you know he's the only giant CGI white bald orc in this movie mm-hmm. with one arm. Yes. And then there's a moment where you see an orc who's bald and CGI with one arm with his back to camera. <laughs> and it's like, and then he turns around and the music is like, dun, 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 dun. And it's like, yeah, no, I, I know who that is. Like the That's re- Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> hey, hey, something rude. Nice. You know what he's like. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> something rude but medieval. <laughs> yeah. Middle Earth, more like middle of my ass. <laughs> you know, know what I mean? <laughs> I do, I do know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it would be like that. We'll get more into this in uh, the next videos, but also the elves 
awful. Why would they help these horrible little men in their caves collecting gold? You know where they're like, come and help us, come and come and help us get our caves and our gold back. Why? <laughs> Why should they do that? Because it's nice, nice thing to do. You know what? The dwarves should just just invent a paper currency. Let it go. <laughs> sure. It's not a big deal. Mm, perhaps some sort of uh, blockchain-based <laughs> digital currency? Something that is basically outside of all required legal mm. systems and outcomes, Interesting. Mason. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know what great. I mean? Yeah, sure. It's not so much about owning the gold. It's about owning a picture of the gold. And then That's you know terrific. that you have that gold. Hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah, look, I don't like the elves in this because they're, they're rude and hoity-toity. Unlike the books, where they're very much like, fa-la-la, fiddle-dee-dee. I, I read a little bit of The Hobbit, I should point out. The fa-la-la, fiddle-dee-dee bit. Yeah. yeah, and they're always like, look at this guy, he's walking around. Where in the in the <laughs> movies, they're like, hmm. look at this guy walking around. <laughs> Ugh, I'll get him with my big curved sword. Mm. There's also a lot of running around pointlessly, right? Yeah. Things that they should have cut out. So in the first movies, right, Mordor is a big deal, and it takes three years, three movies, I should say. It takes three movies to get... To Mordor. One does not simply walk into Mordor, etc. Mm, and so forth. Sure, sure, sure. People have made the complaint that, you know, that those movies are just three movies of walking. I absolutely do not think that is the case. That is like a very like massive simplification of this. But here, though, it's just going to a dragon, right? Sure, yeah. And it's just noise in the middle. There's a moment where they come across, like, big stone rock men, and they're like... They're it's, fighting! It's big stone rock men! I hope they don't crush us! Oh, they didn't. I nearly did, though. It's <laughs> but, pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's really like, developed our characters as people who live in fear of Rockman crushing us, but then they didn't crush us. Yeah, it's That's like... That's character development. I think it is. Mm. But it's like, is this cool? I guess. You know? <laughs> uh, here's something I also think that this movie showed great restraint in. Here's a compliment, Mason. Oh, I'm excited to hear um, about this. There's a moment where Bilbo is sneaking up on one of the trolls, and he's right behind his big troll bottom, mm -hmm. and the troll doesn't do a big fart. When that is there. very restrained, isn't it? Yes. I was just good. waiting for it. Mm. I'm like, when's the troll going to do a big fart? Mm. Oh, he didn't. Very classy. You know what I thought was very restrained as well is that at one point Gandalf is like, they're running in fear of something, probably orcs or something. And, and, and Gandalf's <laughs> like, come down here, you fools. Yeah. And I'm like... Were they trying to make that his catchphrase? Because remember in the in the Lord of the Rings, he's like, fly, you fools. Do you think they were trying to make oh, it like, okay. you know, everything and be like... I think he's, because it's a prequel, he's workshopping some Pass stuff. Pass me that pipe weed, you fools. That's rude, Gandalf. That's rude, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I am a bit rude. Anyway, they got Christopher Lee back, didn't they? They filmed all that stuff in... Uh, a in closet? E no, in England. So yeah, yeah, blue screen, blue, yeah. blue slash green screen closet. Because Christopher Lee was a million years old when they filmed this, and if they put him on a plane, he would have died. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's good, though. It's good they got him back. Mm -hmm. Just unambiguously evil. <laughs> I know, right? Always. He's always just been... Yeah. Is there any clues he's going to turn bad in The Lord of the Rings? Well, mm. he looks like that, and Gan he sounds like that, and he acts like that. Gandalf's like, there's a big spooky necromancer, like, uh, I think it's like, you know, that dude with the ring, I think he's back. And Christopher Lee's like, I don't think so. No. I don't reckon you'd even look at that, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. What about um, what about the Gollum scene? I think there are, you know, there are a couple of CGI characters in this world. There's quite a few. There's Dame Edna Everidge as playing the, the, the king of the, the, the cave trolls with the big rubbery beard. That's a local reference. It certainly is, Mason. Mm -hmm. Love all that performance, by the way. You know, Azog, as mentioned, he also... Oh, is it actually Barry Humphreys? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were just saying that no, that no, monster no, was, was Dame Edna-esque. Okay, right. Yeah, so Azog, as mentioned, well, he was actually a last-minute digital edition. Oh. They had to CGI out a... Andrew Dice Clay. That's right. <laughs> Hey, you'll never get rid of me. You'll have to use your fancy computers. Why have I decided on this? I don't know. 
He's a big fan. I just I guess I'm always thinking about him. Anyway, <laughs> so Azog, the 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 white uh, orc, they had to digitally remove him and then put him back in. Uh, oh. Manu Bennett actually plays him, which is which is fun. But it just seems like oh, he was Deathstroke. Yeah, he was Deathstroke <laughs> for a time. Yeah. yeah, it just seems like unnecessary, and he looks. So different than everybody else that it's strange. Yeah, you right. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gollum, though, it's a great scene. It's just straight out of the book. They're doing little riddles, that, which I can't really keep up with because in a book you can kind of like, okay, what's his... You know, for, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this much, though, James. For a guy, for, for given that Bilbo challenges Gollum... I think his name's Frodo, but go on. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> this Hobbit guy, he challenges um, uh, Gollum to a to a, a test of riddles. Yeah. If I was going to do that, I reckon I'd have more than, like, two riddles ready to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't run out of riddles on round three. Also, and I've, I've... Look, what have I got in my pockets is not a riddle. No. And Gollum should have killed him. <laughs> I agree. It's nothing. Do you think that's Tolkien? Oh, it's actually a question? And you said ask me any question. No, you said riddles. <laughs> you challenged him to riddles, not a yeah. riddle. Do you think Tolkien just ran out of riddles? He's like, we need to move, I need to move this along. Yeah, I think so, because you couldn't just Google riddles back then. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. You have to think right. of a riddle or know mm. somebody who knew a riddle. And nobody knew anybody yeah. then. They were looking to Tolkien for riddles. Yeah. They only had the two. So <laughs> yeah. they didn't have like workplace email forwards. No. <laughs> riddles Oh my God, then. where you could print them off and show your family and friends friends, yeah yeah but i think gollum that's a really good example of tech evolving but keeping the core of what that character looks like because he's clearly yeah gross because he's clearly like there's more detail on the skin texture and the hair and the eyes it's clearly come along in leaps and bounds but it still feels very much like the original one and again andy circus who eventually stepped in and started doing a lot of second unit directing on this because they shot for a million years oh interesting Um, yeah he really and and where is he now venom 2 he's doing venom 2 mate it's a great scene those eagles though i know people always talking about the eagles (laughs) why don't the eagles come in and save the day and whatever well they did why the why the eagles keep saying they were going to retire but then they didn't they 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 said we're going to retire when hell freezes over and then the the, the hell freezes over tour yeah (laughs) i'm talking about the band the the band yeah. yeah But isn't it wild, James, that the same the, the same band produced the song "Take It Easy" and "Hotel California"? Yeah, I guess you can take this out. It's fine. No, why is this? Why, why is it wild though? I don't know. They just so they made two songs. They just sound very different. They sound like two different bands. But Red Hot Chili Peppers have two different songs. No, they don't. They got the song that goes flippa and then they've got the song about California. <laughs> the sad no, one. Right. The sad one about California. Okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so anyway, to get back to the Eagles, I don't understand why they didn't drop them closer to the mountain. Like the Eagles pick them up and go, we've rescued you. Mm. Uh, Thorin thanks. And, uh, and it's like, Bilbo, you're all right for a second time. Mm. He, he gives Bilbo, actually, you're all right twice. He does. Yeah. You don't need to do and that. He, and for the second time he gave him the classic fake out. Yeah. Now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Just kidding. You're, you're all actually right. great. <laughs> you know, when we went on this adventure, I said, Bilbo, you're awful and you, you suck and you're ugly. Yeah. And your feet are weird. Like, <laughs> and we've got weird feet, but you, your feet actually take the disgusting cake. You but upset me. That's you right. upset everybody you're around. Mm. You upset your mother. That's just, right. just laid into him. <laughs> but actually, I love you like a brother. <laughs> yeah, big hugs. But the eagles are like, oh, look, look where the eagles have dropped us. About 40 kilometres from where you need to be. Terrific. Maybe there's turrets. As in, like, they skin a turret and they get shot the yes. rest of the way? Yep. That seems plausible. <laughs> no, I meant, like, maybe there's, like, air defence. Oh, the, the Eagles okay. can't get close, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess the Eagles can't get close. Like a ballista or yeah. a um, trebuchet. Maybe, this, maybe the Eagles fear trebuchets, like the band the Eagles do. 
Do they? Yeah. Wow. Had Cow- a bad experience at Woodstock. Cowards. Those trebuchets. Cowards, Mason. <laughs> the Hells Angels were operating trebuchets. At- oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. Anyways, it's time for green trivia. Whoa. Here are some names which auditioned for the role of Bilbeth Baggins. Whomst auditioned Here we the go. role of Bilbo Baggins. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Eddie Redmayne. Oh. James McAvoy. A lot of these people are way too tall. You, I, you I know they fit. You can be any height. Yeah, I know, but I think, but I feel like the 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 technology requires a, a shortish person to start with, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Daniel Radcliffe's like, he's like four foot two. Yeah, I'm talking more about Redmayne. That's like nine feet tall. Are you Googling the height of Eddie Redmayne right what now? What if I am, Mason? I bet he's 6'1". Eddie Redmayne height is 5'11 and a half. Mm, I... 5'11 and a quarter, sorry. Okay, still too tall. And that's Hollywood tall, which means he's probably... Oh, he's probably 5'8". <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, Toby Maguire. Oh. But the first choice was, of course, Martin Freeman. And the whole shooting schedule of this had to be changed because Peter Jackson wanted him so badly that... This was all built around the TV show Sherlock, sure. which was good for an episode or two, I believe. First two, yeah, they Thinking were Thinking back yeah. mm-hmm. to that show. Um, Brett from Flight of the Concords reprises <laughs> his role as Alf that was barely in the previous trilogy. Mm. But he gets a big speaking part and he's like, hello, I was in the previous one and now I'm here and I'm from New mm. Zealand, so I'm here. I got yeah. famous in between movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Also one of the dwarfs is, um, he played, uh, he's that guy, he's the guy we all know. He played Jekyll in the TV series Jekyll. Oh, James Speak- Nesbitt. Speaking of Sherlock. My goodness. What else has he been in? Other stuff. British funny sitcom. A lot of British funny sitcoms, sure. Yeah. The working title of this movie was actually Blue Harvest. That's which interesting. Which the same... Working title for the original Star Wars from 1977. So the fans wouldn't get wouldn't cotton on. That's right. Secrets. They didn't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, also, here's some catering numbers because this was an absolutely <laughs> breathtaking undertaking. You have catering numbers there. You better believe How many I wheels of cheese? How many wheels of Did cheese? Did they eat authentically? Nah, I don't reckon. Okay, just, just McDonald's like, every day? Yeah, here's some... That, s- that spread of cold McDonald's yeah. that a president might s- supply you with. Yeah. Oh, you want, you want, you want something vegetarian? Here's some rice that fell on the floor, <laughs> uncooked. Pick out the weevils. Uh, so they maxed out at food, including you know crew and extras and all of that, at 580 people per day. Whoa. Yeah. That's a bloody army. Too many people. Mm. Um, I, I just do box office, but I actually haven't looked it up yet. Oh, my goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> James, you have all the time in the world. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> James, the listeners, the viewers are waiting, all right? Yeah, they can wait on my balls, Mason. Oh, what, what did Andrew Dice Clay just jump in for a second there? <laughs> so, Mason, the production budget of this movie alone was $200 million. That's quite a lot, actually. I agree. And overall, the worldwide box office was 1014000 something, 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 etc. You mean one billion? So I'll start that again. <laughs> but I'll leave this in for the extra part. That's terrific. And the overall worldwide box office was one billion, just over one billion, Ooh. Mason, and fourteen thousand, etc., and so forth. There's a variety of numbers here. Here they are. Ben and Lawrence, who edit this, would have put them in. So I'd be happy with that return. That's right. So people, you know, they were very excited to go back to theaters to see this movie. Now, look, after I saw this one, I went, okay, I, yeah, hmm. I guess we'll see, won't we? I guess I'll wait a year for this story I don't give a shit about to wrap up. And I did. And then I waited another year. But you guys listening to this and watching this, you only have to wait a week till we come back to talk about The Hobbit, Smaugy Time. Smaug to the future. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, which I I think has some good stuff in it, which we will talk about again next week. All in all, Mason, how how did you feel? Well, I was going to say revisiting. Visiting for the first time this movie. It's all right. 
yeah. for a movie that cost $200 million and shaved a few years off everybody's life. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine, I guess. Yeah. Well done, everybody. I got 50 minutes in and I'm like, damn, mm. there's nine hours of this. Sure is. And no, we are not doing the extended version. I know we're going to get the comments. No, yes, we are, James. No. How could they? They'd never know. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is Caravan of Garbage. Yes, we do this every week. And if you would like to see these early, you can. If you head over to bigsandwich.co, where in addition to early videos, there is also bonus movie commentaries, where there is also bonus podcasts, including our comic book club or the one that we do on clickbait. There's also our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows. That comes out a day early on Sunday as opposed to Monday, Mason. Whoa! Which is available on all platforms. It's got it's got its own YouTube channel. You can find it basically everywhere. If you walked outside and threw a rock, you'd, you'd probably hit somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who accidentally downloaded an episode once. That's terrific. That's how popular we hit are. Hit somebody with a rock and be like, listen to The Weekly Planet podcast. Hey! <laughs> You know, because it's you, rude. You hit Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, well. did you? Oh, I thought you were Andrew Dice no. Clay. Okay, great. He's True. a singular individual. Yeah, I guess he is, isn't he? All right, thanks, everybody. I mean, him and Dennis Leary. <laughs> and um, what's his name? Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks also, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Just, they're all very unique in the sense that they all copy Bill Hicks. Yes. All right, thanks, everyone. Uh, grab that jam, you guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 